What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Goat Show. It is Tuesday, November 2nd, and uh, I guess it's your lucky week if you're listening to this, and I assume that means that you enjoy it, uh, because <laughs> we're, we're going to be bringing you two episodes this week. Um, well, first of all, yeah, I'm back here with Ryan today from Greatness Debates. Ryan, uh, yeah, what's going on? Nothing much. How about you? Yeah, same old, same old. Um, yeah, trade deadline today. Lots of news going on, and we figured that it would be a lot to cover all the news and all the games in one episode. Um, I don't think anybody wants us rambling for, like, what, <laughs> two plus hours? Uh, so, yeah, we're splitting up the work today, and should be a good one. Um Kind of, yeah, I wanted to kick things off with probably the most interesting move from the past couple of days, and that was the Von Miller trade yesterday. Kind of came as a surprise. Normally with something like this, you kind of get some rumors floating around uh, that, hey, this guy might be moved. Um, but I didn't hear anything before this, did you? There was a little bit of like kind of speculation i think but i really didn't expect von miller to be traded like this yeah i was i was pretty surprised but um apparently there were a few uh suitors so anyways he's in los angeles with the rams they sent a second and a third this year i believe they only have like three picks (laughs) in the next draft and none of them are until like the fifth round uh, I don't know if you saw the meme going around. It was like the Rams really took Jared Goff first overall and went, all right, that's enough of that. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, Franchise who, who needs, who needs draft picks. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know. I think like, it's a really confident move. It shows what they think of where they are right now. Um, and if they, get to the Super Bowl and potentially win it off of this move, that's going to feel a lot better in the long run than a second and third round pick. So um, I'm also Mm -hmm. curious because Miller is on a one-year deal right now. Um, Obviously signed it with the Broncos this past off season. I believe I heard that they will be splitting the salary. I think the Rams will still need to do a bit of work to move some money around. Um, But I'm curious if, yeah, if they will give him an extension. I know a couple of years ago when Khalil Mack was uh, on the move, um, or I guess, yeah, made available by the Raiders that the Rams – were interested in or planning on um, grabbing him for a year, making a big run and then trading him the next off season. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they'll try to do something similar here. I'd be pretty surprised if they gave up that much value just for the rest of the year and ideally the playoffs. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that specifically? Yeah, kind of like what you said. It's just, you know, the opportunity to win a Super Bowl does not for many franchises. So to make a move that puts you in the position like 
they have, like trading for Stafford and the other moves that they've made. I'm all for it. Um, specifically with the the Bob Miller situation beyond this year, I don't really know. I, you know, this ends in a Super Bowl win for the Rams. Then it's already worked in a sense, like it's already done its yeah. impact. Because just one championship is worth these moves, and especially if Von Miller's healthy and he contributes. But um, I don't know. But evidently, it's I don't really know, and it seems like the since they're packing everything to this moment. So I think it's just play it, play it by. Plays it, play it by, by year, with the rest of this season. Yeah, um, I think that they, you'll obviously have to see how this season goes. Um, I think ideally for the Rams, he'll just be one a great fit on the defense, and two, um, he'll just enjoy being in the organization, and you'll be able to get him on a cheaper deal for a few years. And if not, I think they would get a compensation pick if he walks in free agency. So could be a lot worse. Um, but yeah, that definitely creates a pretty scary looking defense with um, Aaron Donald, of course, and then Miller coming in with uh, Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. You don't usually see like a big defensive trio like that. Um it's hard to think of another example kind of off the top of my head of like that, like pretty much, I don't know where people would rank Von Miller right now, uh, but definitely top 10, mm-hmm. um, potentially higher in terms of edge rushers in the league. Uh, so yeah, to have players of that caliber in those positions, sorry, positions is pretty rare. Yeah, and especially since, and especially even looking at their offense, you have Matthew Stafford playing at an MVP level. Cooper Cup is looking like the best receiver in football. Um, McVay is as great as ever, calling plays and scheming. So, like, they have an offense that's juggernautish, but then you have a defense that's this loaded uh, with Raheem Morris carrying over that Brandon Staley system. So it's just wild how frightening they are on both sides of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And one thing I noticed, I checked some stats, and they were actually having some trouble getting pressure. They were ninth. They had the ninth lowest, sorry, uh, pressure rate in the league. So this isn't as much of a luxury pick or trade, I guess, as you might think. Um, Hmm. But, yeah, definitely puts them in good position. Uh, Last thing I wanted to say, um, he's going to his college number of 40. Uh, I know he was talking about it. Um, I know he was thinking about a switch this last offseason, decided not to. So it kind of crossed my mind when I saw that he was traded and 58 wasn't available on the Rams. Um, of course, 40 was retired for uh, Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch, but <laughs> went through the process there. And, yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, did you have anything else to add for that before we move along? 
Um, only thing I would say is that if they, you know, Von Miller can really contribute to this pass rush, they could kind of put together the anti quote unquote anti Brady method, as I call it, as I call it, which is to be able to get consistent pressure with four guys and physical man coverage on wide receivers. That's the kind of formula that the Giants used to beat them in those Super Bowls. And I think that this gives the Rams an easier or a um, more likely opportunity to be able to do that since odds are they're going to be facing Brady and the Bucks to win the NFC. Odds are. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it's shaping up right now. Um, yeah, it depends how the secondary matches up for sure. Um, obviously, Ramsey's good. I don't remember exactly how that kind of battle went down um, outside of Ramsey with the Bucks receivers there when they played. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you can get pressure and make Brady uncomfortable, you're definitely in a good space uh, defensively. Yeah, and, and especially since the Rams have already beaten Tampa decisively, of course, it's just a regular season game and in the long that much, but I think that they, you can argue that they would have the mental edge in the matchup, and now they're acquiring Von Miller. So there they could be even end up, if they end up facing Tampa since anything can happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, big stuff there. Moving along, um, Derrick Henry, broken bone in his foot, will miss for sure the rest of the regular season, or at least the majority of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think the timeline is like eight weeks, realistically, which would put him in place for a playoff but return, potentially. Um I want to talk about how likely the Titans are to make the playoffs without him in a second. But um, I guess the most interesting thing here is they brought in Adrian Peterson um, to replace him. Obviously, future Hall of Famer was with the Lions last year, averaged 3.9 yards per carry with seven touchdowns. Um, What should we expect from that? I thought it was interesting. (laughs) Obviously, Peterson and Todd Gurley were the top two free agent running backs to watch for. Uh, So it's an interesting decision process, I guess, there. But, yeah, what do you expect uh, out of Gurley in – or, sorry, Peterson (laughs) um, in this Titans system? I mean, thinking about Adrian Peterson's style, it's kind of that downhill kind of uh, style that Tennessee – has had with Derrick Henry, you know, not a lot of shotgun, not a lot of receiving work, just lining up and just, you know, defense knows what's going to happen, but they can't stop it because you're just that dominant. That's what prime Adrian Peterson is. Of course, he's not, you know, the same Adrian Peterson of old, but I still think that he can, a team, you know, to help it help Tennessee out. And we had 600 rushing yards last year. And, um, but even if you know he contributes, obviously, thirty, he's not going to be able to do a whole a whole ton. They're going to need other guys to step up, like 
you know, the guy they traded for and Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Ryan Tannehill. And I still think that they have the weapons and Tannehill is a good enough quarterback that they could be a team that airs it out a lot. Be successful. Although, um, Derrick Henry is just such an engine for their offense that it's hard to see them really being, you know, like being a. It's hard to see them keeping up this pace, and especially with the Colts being a quality team. I know that they've swept them, but um, yeah, I just think it's going to be tough for Tennessee trying to make the playoffs or do anything in the playoffs if Derrick Henry's not there. Yeah. For sure. I like like I said, I think he should be back for the playoffs. Uh hopefully he's pretty much one hundred percent there. Um I think they yeah, I think the biggest thing they'll miss, obviously Peterson kind of fits the grounded pound uh up the middle kind of philosophy um that the Titans have been using. Obviously they're not afraid to use Henry outside either, but that's mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely more the gritty runs um, than most of the league is going for. Um, but, I, yeah, what they'll miss most is so much of the damage Henry does is after contact. And I don't know. I mean, Adrian Peterson is at 6'3", 250 pounds. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be bouncing off defenders as much as Henry is right now. But I think he should be serviceable. But, yeah, like you said um, – Tannehill and these receivers really need to show what they're made of. Um, I know they're capable. Obviously, Tannehill has proven to be really good. Um, AJ Brown and Julio Jones kind of speak for themselves if they're all healthy. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think I think they should be okay. Uh, which kind of leads into the next question of should they be worried about their uh, playoff hopes? Uh, ideally winning the division. I looked over their schedule and the Colts schedule, which I don't think we should be really concerned about anyone else um, sneaking up and taking (laughs) the lead there. Um, But yeah, so the Titans toughest remaining games will be the Rams, Saints, Patriots, and Steelers probably. Mm Mm-hmm. The way I see it, they can afford to lose those games, but they really can't afford a upset in any of the other ones. Um, <laughs> so if they do lose all those, that'll put them at 11 and 6, I believe, um, which should still comfortably win the, the division with the Colts currently at five losses uh, with some tough games of their own coming up. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I would still personally expect the Titans to win the division. Uh, obviously, it won't be as easy without Henry, but yeah, I think they should be okay. Did you have anything to add there? No, not really. It's just, it's just as from a, a podcast a while ago where I said, What's sacred in this world anymore after Russell Wilson got hurt and now Derek Henry's getting hurt like yeah I just always expect these guys to play I just expect to see Derrick Henry running guys over and being unstoppable I expect to see Russell Wilson going out there and carrying the Seahawks franchise like it's just it's just 
sad to see these guys getting dinged up, especially since it has such a heavy impact on their teams, uh, especially the Titans who were looking pretty potent prior to this. And now that a lot of their aspirations are in high jeopardy. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Henry was always kind of like the exception to the rule that running backs are not worth the investment and they're so <laughs> fragile and they can't take a little workload. And I, I don't think this is even a workload thing. It was just kind of a freak injury. He ended up finishing the game anyways, which is insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think they should be okay in the long run. Obviously, road to the playoffs is tougher, but they should be able to manage. Yeah, yeah, and they have the talent. They have, you know, they've, they've been to the playoffs these past couple of seasons. So I'm definitely far from counting them out, but I'm definitely noting how difficult it will be since Derek so much for their team. And um, they're just kind of a team to keep an eye on going forward because, you know, the Colts have had positive stretches, but they also have their negatives. So the Titans could end up just winning it by default. But yeah. their starts and the way that they've started. So, I mean, they could end up really, you know, falling off and still winning their division and getting a home postseason game. So, it's kind of just something to monitor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another big injury from this weekend to keep an eye on. Uh, Jameis Winston will miss the rest of the season with an ACL injury. I believe there's some MCL damage, too. Ah. Um Ah, yeah, you just hate to see it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun watching Jameis out there this year, even <laughs> after the game, celebrating on his crutches. Um, just very, very likable. Um, I wish <laughs> nothing but the best for him. Uh, but yeah, that brings the question. Um, what are the Saints going to do? I believe Taysom Hill is back from IR this week i think uh he was missing time with a concussion um mm-hmm. yeah is obviously we know how sean payton feels about <laughs> him uh we kind of saw that last year um but yeah do you think they kind of fully commit um we got to see trevor simeon this weekend one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, kind of ironically. Uh, and then Ian Book, of course, is also on the roster. So, and uh, yeah, Payton's had success before with undersized quarterbacks. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a kind of a ramble. But what do you, yeah, what do you think about this quarterback situation for the Saints and what it means for them down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, losing Jameis is so tough, especially since been playing well for them this season and progressing in the system with Sean Payton. If Drew Brees didn't have his cushy Sunday night football job, I honestly think he might come out of retirement to assist his former coach and organization. But since Drew Brees is uh, an analyst, um. If I was the Saints, I'd probably just roll with Simeon until Taysom Hill is healthy and kind of just see what Simeon can do. And if he's playing, you know, at an efficient line, 
kind of like what he's doing again, making the right throws and he's being smart, then you can play him and sprinkle in Taysom Hill. But if um just isn't getting it done, if defenses are figuring him out, just that's when you throw in Taysom Hill. And we've seen the Saints win games with Taysom Hill, a quarterback. And we've seen Sean Payton, the way that Sean Payton can adjust offense to Taysom Hill, which is something that I commended him for. So, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of a wait and wait and see thing. It's really, this really stings for a state for a Saints team that's been the, the definition of up and down. They got a big win against Tampa, and um, I I still think that they can win games, and I still think that they're a threatening team, especially when Michael Thomas comes back. So, um, like Tennessee, this is a t- really tough injury that's certainly going to impact them. But I'm far from counting them out just yet. Yeah, they're five and two. Their defense is playing really well all year. Uh, we got a glimpse of that um, this weekend, but I think we'll talk about that in the next show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I think I think Simeon with a healthy dose of Taysom Hill um, would be pretty ideal for this offense um mm-hmm. it's kind of just like dealing with sorry to cut you off it's kind of just like dealing with drew Brees in his lighter seasons if that yeah makes, where you kind of you know keep things more short and intermediate and then utilize Taysom hill to take pressure off Brees and provide some versatility to the offense yeah absolutely um yeah it's weird thinking about whether Breeze would come back. I'd be pretty conflicted if he did just because um, it was not pretty in that playoff game last year. So maybe maybe he's been staying fit and wants to redeem himself, but I don't know. I saw a report that uh, Phillip Rivers would be interested (laughs) if he got the call. That would be interesting, but... Oh, I would, I would love that. I mean, granted, he wasn't that bad that last year with the Colts. He was pretty efficient. He was... I think it was like the seventh highest EPA of any EPA per play of any quarterback last year. So um, who knows? I mean, I think he still, you know, some rest could still have something in the tank. But um, kind of to add on to what you said about Breeze, to be honest, I really feel like he lost them that playoff game. When you think about some of the turnovers that the Saints had, and how easily the Bucks converted for touchdowns, not to divert the conversation but yeah no I agree like it was not uh, obviously a lot of people come back to the Jared Cook fumble but Brees had two interceptions I think that were just not good um <laughs> and he couldn't move the ball downfield either he yeah but it's still yeah so honestly like Trevor Simeon's probably pretty close to that if not better um, it's it's right so weird now. to compare so Trevor I, Simeon to Drew Brees. It feels <laughs> really weird, but uh, Simeon was solid last night, so I think I think he's worth the play until he shows you otherwise. Uh, looking at their schedule, it's pretty pretty up and down down the stretch. They still have teams like the Titans and Bills and Cowboys coming up, but they also play the Falcons twice still. Uh, they got the Jets, the Dolphins, so. I think 10 wins is possible. We'll have to see if that's enough uh, to make the playoffs in the NFC this year. And then from there, 
if they can do any real real damage there's just yeah a lot of unknowns um with this team but i'm i'm really interested to see what they do yeah me too and um if they ever somehow made the postseason that's a nice feather in sean payton's cap which would probably be a coach of the year if they ever were to do that especially with the situation Mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely something to monitor um yeah, I don't think I have anything else to really say about that. It's just really, really interesting. Uh, and, yeah, once again, sad to see Winston go down. Um, hopefully he's still around in New Orleans next year. Um, or if not, fighting for a job somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't have much to say either, but it, it is sad to see what happened to James, especially in what was supposed to be a – surgeon's year for him yeah absolutely um kind of the next big big in quotes uh trade from today (laughs) um kind of an interesting one the chiefs traded uh former starting guard laurent duvernay tardif uh which i will be abbreviating to ldt from now on um (laughs) to the jets for Dan Brown. I had to look this up. Um, Brown is a tight end, uh, undrafted out of James Madison in 2015. He has 44 career catches. Um, so yeah, no extra picks or anything. Just one for one. Former starting guard for um, what a third string tight end for the Chiefs. Yeah, they could. <laughs> They could have used some defensive players or a defensive player or picks or something. Yeah, this was a really – it feels like the Chiefs were like, all right, we want to get rid of him. Uh, What's literally anything you will give up? And the Jets Jets were like, well, we have this guy. And the Chiefs were like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, We'll take it. Um, So, yeah, I thought thought that was interesting. But um, obviously – LDT opted out um, in 2020. He's yet to play this year. I don't... I was trying to look up why and couldn't find anything specific. I don't know if it's injuries or if he's just taking more time to be a doctor. I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Um, I guess also kind of notable, New York is a lot closer to his hometown in Montreal. Um, Just something I kind of noticed. But, yeah, uh, I guess Jets continue to commit to that offensive line and build around their potential future franchise quarterback. Um, Goes without saying, but that would be uh, Mike White. (laughs) Hero from the weekend. Uh, yeah, we'll unpack that game later. Uh, just wanted to slip. That I mean, when you think joke. about it, Zach Wilson is to Drew Bledsoe to Mike White's Tom Brady. It, it only seems makes- like it. I mean, Tom Brady didn't throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns in his first game. So, Mike White, yeah, that's advantage. a that's a pretty good pace. Uh, but yeah, we'll get back to that later. Did you have anything else to add to that one before we jump along? No, no, I really, I really don't. 
Okay, sweet. Um, yeah, here's one you could probably comment on a little more. We have Melvin Ingram from the Steelers to the Chiefs. Uh, all I really – sorry, that was for a sixth-round pick. Um, all I really knew was that he was frustrated with his role, not getting enough playing time. Can you elaborate at all on that? Yeah, I mean, the Steelers were just playing second-year outside linebacker Alex Highsmith over him. And as far as I know from what the reports are saying, Melvin Ingram thought he was better than Alex Highsmith and should be on the field. Um, apparently Steelers think other were playing, you know, Watt and Highsmith at their OLB spots, which I would rather have. You know, Highsmith's really been emerging. He, he's a, I think he's he's going to be a very good player. He's already a really good player right now, and um, I'd rather invest PT in him playing time. I mean, than Melvin Ingram, who's older. Um, I wish the Steelers could have thrown Melvin Ingram in more because just having him as such a luxury, a guy that's so experienced, a pass rusher, who did super well against the Bills. Yeah. Amazing Steelers defensive effort to keep a, them, keep Josh Allen to 17 points, which is might be the win of the year when you think it, when you compare like other teams' performances against Buffalo. It's, it's night and day. So um, it, it's, it really stinks as a fan to just kind of give Melvin Ingram away for something as measly as a sixth round pick, but like what Mike Tomlin was quoted saying, well, we want volunteers, not hostages. So yeah, they, they let a hostage go. <laughs> Pretty much. That's, that's a good quote. Um, yeah. Like I said, I have nothing else to really say about that. I appreciate your insight as a <laughs> resident Steelers fan. Um yeah, moving on, kind of another surprising-ish move from today. Jalen Smith, former Cowboys linebacker, was cut by the Packers today. Um, I guess he just wasn't living up to their expectations. Um, yeah, he's only 26 years old, uh, has a lot of athletic potential. So I'd be, I mentioned this on my story earlier, uh, but yeah, I'd be curious to see what he could do on a well-coached defensive team like uh, the Patriots or the Ravens, the Broncos come to mind too. They've been really mm-hmm. linebacker needy this year. Uh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts about, yeah, where he's at, where you'd like to see him? Yeah. I mean, I'm really surprised he got cut. I figured the Packers, I figured when the Packers got him, I'm like, that's such a luxury for them. They're going to take this, you know, really talented player and, and you know, maybe use him right, just knowing the Packers. But, um, I mean, I guess it's kind of alarming that he got cut. I don't really know exactly what's the story with him. But, um, like you said, it would be interesting to see a, a really well-coached defensive team take a player like him. Because I just, I just really see unlocked potential there. Maybe I'm wrong, and I know NFL scouts and coaches know better than me. But I, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm curious to see where Jalen Smith ends up, and I'm curious to see if he'll contribute to anyone like Patriots or a quote unquote Von Miller replacement in Denver, <laughs> massive quote unquote, and then uh, or like Ravens, maybe even the Steelers, just because they're literally at the top of my head since yeah. you know they just lost Melvin Ingram. I don't I don't see that at all, but. 
you never know. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just curious to see who signs him. I'm coming up to more of that potential. Yeah, for sure. And you think you would have like at least some upside in a rotation, right? Like, yeah, you don't need that's, to start that's surprising him. Surprising, right? yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what his contract was, but you think it would be low risk enough that it doesn't hurt to just pull him back. Um, but yeah, yeah, just something to monitor, I guess, um, maybe just this week, maybe through the rest of the season, who knows, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I guess last piece of news I didn't write down because I don't want to dwell on it too much. Uh, obviously, the story broke today about Henry Ruggs uh, in a tragic car accident. Um, yeah, still a lot of unknowns. Um, <laughs> Ruggs was suspected under the influence. Um, and there was, unfortunately, a casualty on the other side. Um, so, yeah, just want to acknowledge that that <laughs> happened. I Not really anything to say about it right now. Um Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe during the next episode, we'll know a little more, be a little more comfortable kind of unpacking what it means mm-hmm. um, for the team. But that's pretty much where that's at right now. Yeah, just just prayers up for the person. And just let's just get all the information. Like, like you said, just get all the information before we start talking about this and just kind of let these things play out because this is just around yeah i would feel a little insensitive to be like yeah so this guy died this morning uh what does that mean for football uh so we'll just leave that at that Mm -hmm. for now um yeah getting into the first game for week eight um uh yeah coming off of the jalen smith getting cut we're gonna talk about uh the Packers kind of stunning win over the Cardinals. Um, I, I wasn't expecting this, but I'm not super surprised given who's the quarterback for Green Bay right now. Um, very impressive game. When it, are you, uh, on the road. Are you talking about the quarterback Green Bay, uh, Baba Yaga? You know it. Um, <laughs> do you get the? Do you get? Uh, I think I understand where you're going there. And if so, I've only seen one of the movies. Um, you're talking about his Halloween costume, right? Yeah, yeah. In the in the movies, um, they call John Wick the boogeyman or Baba right. Yaga, as they say. Although yeah. Baba Yaga is not actually the boogeyman, but Baba Yaga is a witch. Oh. Because I researched it. Which is kind of confusing to me, not to go on a weird tangent, <laughs> but I don't know why they used Baba Yaga in the movies when Baba Yaga doesn't actually mean boogeyman. I guess it's just to sound cool. I guess, yeah, maybe boogeyman doesn't sound as interesting. Um, yeah, I was pretty sure that's where you were going. I <laughs> not surprised you uh, brought that up. I, mean, um, I do have about... a film page called. <laughs> Just letting oh, everybody yeah, know. Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, 
Aaron Rodgers was dressed as John Wick for Halloween. Um, and Ryan here is a big John Wick Keanu Reeves fan. So massive, <laughs> massive Reeves fan. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Rodgers went in on the road without his top three wide receivers uh, and lost another one of his targets in Robert Tunyon during the game. Um, and yeah, I got the win 24 to 21 against the last undefeated team. Uh, stats aren't eye popping, but 184 yards, two touchdowns, no picks is very solid given the circumstances. Um, on the other hand, Tyler Murray threw two interceptions, no touchdowns, but neither of the picks were really his fault. Um, and, uh, one of those interceptions could have easily been a game-winning touchdown if his six-five <laughs> former All-Pro wide receiver would turn around when the ball is coming at him in the end zone instead of cluelessly blocking the corner for no reason. Like, just a bizarre play. Um, I don't know. Yeah, what do you what do you think about what was your reaction to that? My first reaction, I, I had Malcolm Butler images going <laughs> through my head, and I was like, "Well, I guess another quarterback can win a can win a game off of freakish defensive play." But um, <laughs> yeah, I I thought I think I heard that like that he thought well he thought he I think he thought they were running, and they weren't. <laughs> he got. Murray was pressured and perhaps Kyler Murray prematurely threw it. But then again, if he took a sack in that situation, the game was going to be over. But when he threw the ball, the game was over because it got intercepted. Yeah. But um, I, I, I liked all the memes where it said that AJ Green's controller got disconnected. Yeah. I, uh, I found some humor in that, but um, yeah, it's just something you just don't really expect to see from professionals, especially, seasoned veteran a seasoned veteran like AJ Green. But um yeah, I, I just don't know what to say. And it's just just a massive blunder that you know, even though the Cardinals are they're seven and one, not not too shabby, but um that could be heavily impactful in trying to get home field advantage in the NFC that is very talented and stacked right now. Yeah, very good NFC race right now. Uh, my favorite thing about that interception is that Green literally did not see it happen. At all. Uh, like, he's looking left, the ball comes over his right shoulder, and he spins left as it's getting intercepted. He's just looking around like, what What are we running? What's going on? Um, <laughs> just kind of bizarre. Like, why would they be running in that situation? Um, I think... Like I don't remember what the clock what the clock situation was at the moment, um, but I guess hypothetically they could have been spiking, maybe. Mm. Um, but I'm pretty sure receivers are supposed to be uh, on some kind of alert for a quick pass in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just bizarre. Um, and I guess, yeah, two picks, no touchdowns, and a loss kind of arbitrarily hurts Kyler's MVP case. Uh, this kind of goes to show why um, big headlines and records 
like when wins and losses uh can be a blessing and a curse for quarterbacks when mm-hmm. Kyler didn't really do anything wrong this game, but afterwards you're hearing, oh well, uh Kyler Murray threw a interception in the end zone to lose the game in the final minutes. So yeah, kinda yeah. kinda random, but yeah, not a fan of kind of that side of the sports media. Yeah, and I'm I'm I know this is like my big thing. But like I'm not a big fan of, of all the subjectivity and people kind of always seem to focus on the wrong things, like giving quarterbacks all the credit for when their teams win and too much of blame when their teams are losing. And in this one, you know, you give a ton of, you know, extra credit to Aaron Rodgers for being able to sort of change up this Packers offense philosophy, offensive philosophy. You know, Rodgers likes to go deep. You can't really do that without your top three receivers. So they did a lot of dink and dunk stuff. They utilized Aaron Jones as sort of like a hybrid runner receiver. And they're still able to move the ball and put up 24 points on a pretty stellar defense. And like, like that's like stuff from Aaron Rodgers. Like he is one of the most, in my opinion, top three most valuable quote-unquote players in the NFL in terms of what they mean to their teams. However, you look at Kyler Murray and you look at his performance from the eye test and it's not. But then when you put it up against, like you said, the major media sports narratives, it's, oh, you know, he didn't play good or he wasn't up, you know, up to par against this really good Packers team and threw a game-losing pick. It's, you know... a lot of people tend to, you know, people are really lazy and they don't like context. Yeah. And this is a situation where, like, yeah, Kyler didn't have his, like, Kyler had his Cardinals had their worst game, quote unquote, worst game, and we're still a play away from defeating the Packers. It's so, like, if anything, this shows how good the Cardinals are and that they still have ways to go positively. And, it goes to show just how good Rodgers is and how, you know, how good this Packers team can be once they get healthy. So it's kind of just kudos to both teams. And I know that Rodgers said to Kyler after the game, I'll see you in the playoffs. And I'm really excited for that, especially after the last time the Packers played the Cardinals in the postseason. Yeah. So uh, I I really hope they face, they face off again because it'll be an amazing matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of another random, but um, just think about how good these this Cardinals team is doing right now. Um, how weird would it be if they made it like to the Super Bowl the first year without Larry Fitzgerald on the roster? That's just, dude. That would just break my heart. No, you like? Kind of... I'd like to see them. I mean, even if it's not signing him. As a like to the active roster, um, maybe they could do yeah. the practice squad, but that feels a little disrespectful. Um, mm-hmm. But even if they just brought him in as like an assistant wide receivers coach, just give him <laughs> some kind of role on the team that he can be a part of it and possibly get a ring when it's all done. And he deserves one as any player who doesn't have a Super Bowl championship. He's obviously done so much with charity and he's an incredible person and he's meet and he's been so much to this Arizona Cardinals franchise that he deserves 
the opportunity to win a Super Bowl. I know he played in one and dominated the entire postseason back in 2008. One of the best Super Bowls ever. And, you know, the Cardinals came up short to the Steelers, but um, team's really good, and they've got as good of a shot as anybody, in my opinion. So, like you said, a receivers coach or just a presence on that team, I feel like the Cardinals should be obligated to, to pick up like to pick up Claire Fitzgerald, like Cliff Kingsbury, when you're sitting on your couch, fireplace at your drug lord mansion, just give <laughs> just give Larry Legend a call. I I I know he'll show up. Yeah, I and mean, it's kind of a thought that I've had before, uh, back in like the middle of the Patriots dynasty, where I'm like, you know what, they're going to need to like start um, hiring former players that never got to win a Super Bowl. Uh, just to do something in the organization so they can be a part of that. Because that's just not fair to those guys um, <laughs> who never got to win a Super Bowl. To And then here's this squad that's just going, like they're making the conference championship every year, uh, winning six Super Bowls in 20. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, just something that's crossed my mind before and is kind of relevant uh, to that part of the conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess moving on from that one, kind of running out of time for today. So I want to end on uh, on another interesting note, looking at the Jets over the Bengals, possibly the game of the week. Um Mike White came out of nowhere, obviously saw action um, in their last game, but didn't look great. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then here in his first career start, uh, he threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. The first player to ever do that. Um, Two interceptions on the stat sheet, but neither were really his fault. Mm -hmm. Um, And he caught a two point conversion as well. Um, Yeah, just just a performance you love to see. Um, You're taking him as your nominee for Go to the Week, right? I haven't posted anything Mm -hmm. yet, but that's where that's where you stand, right? Yes, I am, and I can't. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I I even went back and watched his film for that game, and to be honest, he was pretty incredible. He showed remarkable poise, and he was on short and intermediate throws like another quarterback that played in the AFC East for a very <laughs> long time. Uh even his his ball placement was sublime and uh his reaction time was great too and he just made smart good decisions and it's kind of ironic that his mentality is like the exact opposite of Zach Wilson's where like like Mike White is just looking for the check down. He's looking to take what the defense gives him. But Zach Wilson is always looking for the big play. He's looking to throw the ball down the field. Of course, he's not nearly as successful as other really good quarterbacks who try to do that, at least not. But um, interesting to see the difference in philosophy, but also how that applied to offensive success. And um, just in general, like the kind of moxie that he showed throughout the game and getting a win against a team that was the number one seed in the AFC. And um, at the very least, these backups come in and have great games. And then 
fizzle out once defenses figure them out. So I'm not going to give any weird or crazy predictions for Mike White's future, but he showed some traits that in the league years, at least as a backup quarterback, because, you know, you have a guy that could go in a game and be confident and poised and make smart decisions. You know, who, who wouldn't want that as their backup? So at the very least, Mike White has earned himself a spot on NFL rosters for what could be a pretty long time. So credit to him and uh, credit to the Jets for getting one of two wins this season, beating the Titans and the Bengals. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of leaves them uh, by elimination as the top team in the AFC. Uh, Stats don't lie. If they beat the Titans and the Titans beat the Bills and the Chiefs, and then they beat the Bengals as well, who beat the Ravens, who also mm-hmm. beat the Chiefs and the Colts. Um, yeah, I mean, they check. Um, they stack up pretty well against all those top teams. But I guess that leaves um, the the Patriots beat the Jets and the Dolphins beat the Patriots. So it all kind of comes around. Um yeah, your your logic is uh, blowing my mind right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we'll just leave it at two very impressive wins for the Jets, and I'll and I'll yeah. the GFB. The um, you ever seen the uh, the meme where it's uh, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia yeah. pointing yeah. at the board? That's that's what that's what you're doing right now, trying to interconnect these games. Yeah. I, I think you're thinking a little too hard. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just funny to think about how um how the season plays out how things like that kind of line up um yeah did you I know mean, it's just be... sorry go ahead i was sorry i was gonna say like it's you know like i always say it's not if you play a team it's when you play a team yeah and in the nfl these guys are pros and you never know who can decide to shock you i mean sunday was the game of backup quarterbacks you know mike white geno smith cooper rush Trevor Simeon, all won games and all played pretty well. So it just shows the kind of talent in the league at quarterback and to just never take anyone lightly. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, Sorry, I was just looking through some stats. This was the first time that the Jets have scored 30 points in a game since week 12, 2019. Um, Leveling up. (laughs) Yeah. And they scored 34 exactly in a row uh, week 10, 11, 12 that season, all three in wins. Uh, And they scored 34 exactly again uh, this week. So I guess that's their lucky number. Yeah, I I guess. Um, And also another thing that's kind of crossing my mind, what if Mike White continues to play well? Like I said, not making any crazy predictions. But what if he like continues like a decently high level of play? Do you think they just what would they do with Zach Wilson? Like I would think they the move, play Zach Wilson over him, or I think the move would be to trade White. Uh, or I mean, when the time comes, because obviously there's no real pressure unless someone comes with an amazing offer. Um, but 
you already invested a first round pick in Wilson. You invested pretty much nothing in white. <laughs> so you're definitely going to get a better return. Um, yeah, just kind of comparatively. You're more likely to profit moving white than you are moving Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I, I am not going to overreact on performance, but I'm just thinking, like, if White ever showed, like, legit promise what they would do with Zach Wilson. But um, I feel like just talent alone, you got to roll with Wilson. But uh, it would be curious, like, New Orleans at some point ever had Mike White going out there or something <laughs> like that. So uh, imagine, you know, he's good on short and intermediate. He makes good decisions. I mean, that is a Sean Payton kind of just thinking to some of the stuff that Breeze would do well. That is kind of a Sean Payton kind of quarterback, although Sean Payton's kind of quarterback can apparently be any quarterback. Apparently yeah. be a quarterback who also plays tight end, receiver, running back, <laughs> special team. So so who's to say? But, uh, yeah, it would be curious. I'm just, I'm, cu- I'm just curious to see what Mike White does going forward. He could easily just be Kyle Allen and fizzle out. But, like, yeah. It's just, it's a funny, like, you know, Russian roulette game of quarterback play. Like, you just don't know how things are going to go, but it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Kind of funny thing about how that breakout game lining up with the trade deadline would have been crazy if something happened there. But um, (laughs) alas, uh, here we are. He's still the starting quarterback of the Jets for now. Um, And I think that's where we're going to leave off for this episode. Um, Yeah, that was a fun one. Very elite way to end off. Yeah. Considering Joe Flacco is on the Jets. Like, Mike White playing over Joe Flacco shows how great Mike White is. Yeah, that's true. It's nice when you have two elite quarterbacks on your roster. Yeah. Two and, you know, your top three pick. Was it top two? Uh, Who needs him, right? Third (laughs) Who needs him? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's it for today. See you guys back later this week to break down the rest of week eight. Um, Yeah. Hope you guys Mm -hmm. enjoyed the rest of your weeks, and we'll see you back then. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. All right. Take care.